Okay, we're going to begin a new series today, and this series will lead us all the way up till Thanksgiving. You can still uh, turn in questions if you have any, and we will stop and do your question. But uh, we have a new series we're going to do, and the general focus is the Lord's Prayer. We'll be talking about the Lord's Prayer up through Thanksgiving, dividing it up and trying to... uh, grasp what it's all about. It came uh, from a question, really. And they were watching Jesus pray. And I'm sure that was quite an experience, watching Jesus pray. And they watched him pray, and when he finished, it says, they said, teach us how to do that. <laughs> If we saw him, we'd do the same thing. If we had any brains, teach us how to do that. And the way he responded to that question, show us that we want to be able to do that, uh, was to give what you and I call the Lord's Prayer. We can look at two uh, times because he didn't just mention it once. Jesus mentioned this twice in two different settings. And so we want to look at those settings and see what he said about it, why he said it. And then we're going to go on and start to digest it a little bit at a time. Understanding that the purpose of the Lord's Prayer wasn't so that you could just repeat it after me. All right? That's not what it was made for. It was made to instruct us how to pray, which is important. So we'll look at Matthew chapter 6 as we begin. This was in the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon ever preached. It was the Sermon on the Mount. And it shows up <coughs> in chapter 6. We see it for the first time in the Bible. There'll be another spot we'll look at just to catch what's being said. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is taking everything that people believe, turning it upside down and say, there, what do you think of that? <laughs> and Jesus was good at that. He said, all right, here's what you're used to. Now, here's what I say, and it just seems like the opposite. And so as he's instructing them things, he starts to talk about prayer. So we're in chapter 6 of Matthew in verse 5, and let's see what he says. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. And he happens to be talking about Pharisees. Calls them hypocrites. He didn't waste words. They love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corner of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto thee, they have their reward. And so one of the things that we start out, and he says, if you're praying, remember it's not, it's not for others. We don't pray to impress. We don't pray to impress others. You hear that sometimes. Somebody will say a prayer and it sounds like they're preaching a sermon. (laughs) If you come to me and talk to me, I don't want you preaching at me. Right? Just a lot of talk, right? You go to God, you don't need to preach to Him, that's for sure. And you especially don't need to preach if you're thinking, boy, these people are going to hear me pray and they're going to say, wow, is he something. 
No, <laughs> Jesus said, don't do that. That's not what prayer is about. There are people that do that. He says they stand up in the synagogue and pray out loud, oh God. And so everybody says, isn't that wonderful? No, that's not what prayer is. And it is a temptation if you're with people to do that. You just need to talk to him. Don't talk to everybody else. I always like to think when you're praying, just put blinders on and just think about you and God. Don't do that. So he says, here's what you should do. Six, when thou, <clears throat> thou when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou shut the door, pray thy father is in secret. Thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So we don't pray to impress. But we pray in secret. Pray in secret. In a quiet place where you can talk to God. And that's where you want to be. In that quiet place. He says, keep that secret spot and pray there. So it's not public display. Prayer is never that. And if it is that, it's gone wrong. He calls it hypocrisy. All right, verse 7. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as a heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. So he says, don't repeat over and over. It's not how to get prayers answered. You say, well, you're going to say something, going to say the same thing over and 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 over again. How would you like if I talked to you like that? I have been with people uh, that have dementia, and they'll ask me the same question over and over and over and over. Have you ever been, any had that experience? Yeah, most of you have been around people like that, and you, they ask you the same thing over and over. And we're patient with them because we know they're having problems. How would you like it if somebody talked to you like that? You think God wants to hear you say, Dear God, do this. Dear God, do this. Dear God, do this. Dear God, do this. If I say it enough, he'll probably do it. Dear God, do this. No, I don't want to hear that. It's not what he wants to hear. So he says, don't use vain repetitions. Don't say it over and over and over. He thinks that they'll be heard, he says, because they said it enough times. Don't do that. And it's a fascinating thing to me that the very prayer that Jesus taught, which is the Lord's Prayer, telling us, first of all, do not use vain repetition, but say this, has become vain repetition. People repeat it over and over and over and over. And you know it's here, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive us our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Everybody knows that by heart, right? I knows it by heart. You're bound to know that by heart. I remember I was doing a, a sermon in a, uh, a funeral parlor. And there was a crowd of people there. And in my sermon, I had a line, Our Father which art in heaven. And the whole crowd suddenly went, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be. <laughs> it's not what I thought was going to happen. I was preaching. 
And I said, well, you know, when we pray, we say our Father and our, which are in heaven, they all go, hallowed be thy The whole crowd just immediately went into it because they turned on the little switch. See, to them was a little switch. Turn on, say this, repeat this. What did they think about? They didn't think about anything. They just said it. And so the Lord's Prayer is actually instructed that we don't just repeat things over and over again. And so that's part of the lesson that leads to what the Lord's Prayer means is don't do that. Don't do that. And so we, <coughs> don't get me wrong, it's not a wrong thing to do, but it's a wrong way to pray. If somebody repeats the Lord's Prayer, it's not a bad thing to do, but it is by the same token, if they do it thoughtlessly, then it's not the what was intended. Now, over in Luke chapter 11 is another situation where he used the same prayer. So obviously he's trying to teach us something. Luke chapter 11, if you look at the first verse, came to pass when he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto them, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So they watched Jesus praying. They said, wow, he's, he seems to really have a handle on that. Will you teach us what to do? And he repeats the Lord's Prayer, the same one, just a little bit different wording from the one we just saw in the Sermon on the Mount. And then he's going to tell them something afterwards, and that's what we want to get today. Is why do we want to study the Lord's Prayer? What's the purpose of it? Well, let's see. Here we go. Verse 5, all right? Luke 11, verse 5. Which of you shall have a friend, shall go to him at midnight, saying to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. It's a funny story, actually. Somebody comes to your door at midnight, knocks on the door, says, I need some bread. What do you mean? It's midnight. I need bread. Some people dropped in on me. Look, we're sleeping. We're in bed. My kids finally went to sleep. How many times did you ever say they finally went to sleep, right? I must have said that a thousand million times in my life. Oh, they finally went to sleep. Don't wake them up. And the guy's pounding them. Come on, I need bread. It's kind of a funny story. Verse 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he's his friend, yet because of his importunity or his bold knocking, he will rise and give him as much as he needed. He says, I'm not doing this because of a friend. I want you just to shut up. Go away. Quit knocking on my door. Take the bread. Go away. All right. I say unto you, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh it shall be opened. And so Jesus said, be persistent. Be persistent, he said. And there's a reason because if we pray, God will answer. He's willing to answer. God will answer. And you don't have to persuade God to be on your side. Some people think, I've got to win God over to what... No, you know, he's already on your side. Before you pray, he's on your side. He wants to help. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. Verse 11 
<clears throat> if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, would he give him a stone? If he ask a fish, will he give him fish or a, or a serpent? He said, if he ask an egg, will he give him a scorpion? You know, he said, you want dinner? Yeah, there's a stone. I'll stick a scorpion on your plate for dessert. No, he says, God doesn't do that. If you being evil know how to good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father shall give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. God wants to give. He wants to give. He will answer. It's his nature to give to his children. So here's the thing, all right? If you knew how to pray, did you get anything you wanted? Yes, if you know how to pray. The answer is yes, if you know how to pray. And what he's going to instruct us in the Lord's Prayer is how we pray, the way we pray. And if you follow these instructions, you can have what you want. That's a bank account, my friends. It's a blank check. What do you want? What do you want? Here's a way to get it. But you have to pray like he's instructed us to pray. He's inclined to give it to us. When we pray not to impress others, but we pray in secret, we don't repeat over and over. God will answer. He wants to give. He is inclined toward us. We don't have <coughs> to be, he doesn't have to be persuaded. He's on our side willing. So he says, ask what? And you receive. So, well, I asked and I didn't get it. Well, then go a little bit more intently. Seek. And okay, I sought. I'm not sure I got it. All right, then pound on the door. Like the guy at night. Pound on the door. Hey, God, I need this. And God is willing to help. So, yes, I'm giving you a blank check. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? What's your desire? Well, if we want to follow the instructions and learn how to pray, it will open a door to us. That is just unbelievable. So the first pray, prayer, he says, we'll start it today. Our Father, he starts with our Father who art in heaven. Our Father in heaven. And I want you to understand something about that phrase. Is that was not Jewish thinking. They did not use it like that. They never prayed, our Father who art in heaven. Jesus is coming along. He says, now I'm going to teach you something about God. You can call him our Father in heaven. He's willing to be called that. He's willing to be called that because he's trying to get you to understand that like a Father, He wants to care for His children. And so He's going to remind us, you're allowed to pray, Our Father which art in heaven. The Jews did not pray like that. All right? They had names for God that they used. And we've heard 
the name Jehovah, right? You've heard the name Jehovah. Well, that's an English translation. We're trying to put into words something that can't be put into words. I remember when I went to Norway and uh, my father was born, this little house is still there. There's a big mountain behind it, huge mountain. And he's, he says, that mountain is Floyheya. I said, well, what's that? I don't know. So what do you mean you don't know? What does Floyheya mean? He says, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Can't be translated. You can't make that English. It's Floyheya. So now I say, I've been to Floyheya. Where's that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. And we had a couple of instances like that where we're trying to change over to our language and it doesn't change. And the name Jehovah is the attempt to change to English so we can say the word. Originally, the word was we read it Yahweh, Yahweh, all right. And that's another change that they made from the original word. The word was written in vowels only, all right. They only used vowels because they didn't want you to say it. So, how do you say, pronounce a word that's all vowels? Yahweh. Uh, right, you can't quite pronounce it. And the purpose for that was you weren't supposed to say it out loud. You didn't go around saying, Jehovah, Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahweh. That was a word, hmm. That doesn't come out of your mouth if you're Jewish. You have it in your mind. And you're thinking about God and you're saying, Yahweh, but don't you dare say it out loud. You're not supposed to. So Jesus comes along. So I want you to talk to God. I want you to say, our Father. Wow. That's quite a thing to say. We're not used to saying that. That's a real change in how you pray. Well, Jesus knew how to pray, understood communication with God is what he had done from the beginning of time. He's going to teach us how to communicate and how to do it. So he says, say, our Father art in heaven. And then the first phrase is, hallowed be thy name. We stop there today to consider that. Hallowed be thy name. That's a very basic place to start if you're going to teach people how to pray. You've got to start with hallowed be thy name. I think, and particularly maybe in our day and age right now, uh, Although it's not only been that, but it seems to me uh, that in our day and age, we have what I'd call an overall bad attitude about God. Not that we dislike him. 
Not that we uh, in any way hate him, but we kind of have a bad attitude and a bad approach to God. And I think there's a few things that kind of show that. Uh, we live in a time of what I call shallow praises. We praise God sometimes in a shallow way. Um, and people say, well, the new music is great. All right, if you like it, that's fine. But when a song says a hundred times, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Verse 2 is, thank God and praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Come on. Let's use our brains and engage our minds a little bit and not just vainly repeat. We need to use our brains and think. And if you're going to praise God, get in the front of that hymn book and say, crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly music drowns all anthems but its own. Awake! my soul and sing of him who died for thee hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity now you said something right now it's much more intelligent approach to god and so we have this kind of shallow approach to god that goes against hallowed be thy name and that's part of it and the other part of it is give me now I get, I get disgusted. Uh, you mean now? And uh, <coughs> hey, I say I want it now, and I, there's anything I want, I should be able to get. Anything I want. All right. So God, praise you, praise you, you're wonderful, God. I need something now, and I'll tell you what I want. There's no wonder people don't get prayers answered with that kind of attitude. Jesus said, here's where you're going to start. Hallowed be thy name. All right, we recognize God for who he is, and we don't come to him in a very familiar way. Don't call him the man upstairs. It's not who he is. He's certainly not that. We don't call him by those kind of names. Say, hey, the man upstairs, here's what I want today. That's not going to get it done. There is a great respect that we are to have for God. And the problem is ours because there's a sinless God who hates sin. And here's us all involved in sin. So you're going to walk in and tell them what you want? <laughs> we got to back up a little and be sure that our approach to God is all full of respect, caution, I even recommend. Uh, when we're going to say, give it to me now, I want it now, you better be willing instead to pray to God and be patient. How's your patient prayers? How are they going? <laughs> you pray to God patiently? Say, okay, all right. I, I want to pray for this, and, and I need to be patient. He talked about praying in secret. Uh, praying in secret. 
talking to God in a quiet, patient way. And we have to recognize he's the king. He can do what he wants. And he owes you nothing. He owes you nothing. He doesn't owe you anything. And that he will give it to you is out of the wonderful kindness of his heart. But uh, if we think we're going to just walk in and demand things and get them, all right, that's not going to happen. That's a lack of respect for God. And so we want to approach carefully. Yes, he's our father. We recognize a, a close relationship, but we do not walk in and treat him like he's the guy in the next door. All right. When I grew up, we learned respect. My mother did not tolerate anything but. Man, you smart off somewhere, you're going to get it. I remember we were rehearsing for a Christmas thing at church, and so I was, a, you know, I don't know, five, six years old. I got up and said my part on the stage, and just in a rehearsal. Well, when we were fooling around, we used to walk like this, you know, just fooling around. I walked off the stage that way, just fooling around. I never did that again. <laughs> Holy cow. She said, what were you doing? I said, I said my part. She said, no, I'm not talking about that. You walked out the stage like you were some kind of limp rag. I said, yeah, I kind of did. Don't you ever, ever do that again. So you're in that house, that's the Lord's house, you're going to go up and say a part for a Christmas play. You think, it's, you think you can do that? I mean, she really gave it to me. That was before we got home, too. <laughs> we lived three miles from church. We got in the car. Before we got home, that was corrected forever. You will not disrespect. And that's a good lesson to learn. Because disrespect is kind of a part of our society now. But it's not a way to come to God. It has to be a lot of respect. We have to be patient. Now, <clears throat> he wants to answer requests. And he recognizes that he wants to do that. And he will do that. And sometimes, I have to say, there's no time to wait. Sometimes we've got to say, God... Help me now. And I've been in situations a couple times where if you don't help me this minute, I'm not sure as I'm going to live. I had a great big camper up on a jack stand once. I was working away with both legs underneath it, and all of a sudden I saw it move towards me with both my legs underneath it. And I said, no! <laughs> and it stopped in midair, and I looked. And I had another jack stand I just threw on the side, and it landed on that one. It fell off the one I put it on, landed on the second one. <sighs> that was very impressive. 
You can't ask God in emergencies if you need help now. He's willing to do that. But in general, as we're going to approach God, we're going to be patient. We're going to be respectful. We're not going to demand things. We're not going to say, hey, what do you think? Here's what I'd like today. And these people on the TV who are saying, give your money and you'll be a millionaire. Those people are in trouble. They are in serious trouble. They're going to stand up in front of God. He's going to say, what did you teach people? Well, I told them you'd give me 300 bucks and God, you were going to give them a million. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be in their shoes ever. Ever. That's not how God works. All right. God's not saying, yeah, let's see, you gave 300, I can give you 3,000. And they may get up people to stand up, I received a check in the mail after I got it. Well, good for you. Uh, I don't think it came from God. Okay, God doesn't do that. So he's not somebody we hold for ransom. He's not somebody we demand things from. He's not somebody that we come up to and say, hey, how you doing, old buddy? That's not how we approach God. We approach him in a very cautious way. And we say, our Father in heaven. We can say that. But we remember that the Jews wouldn't even pronounce the name out loud. All right? And so you and I have to learn from that that we are respectful and cautious. That's what hollow would mean. To hollow is to be holy Make something very special. So hallowed be thy name. This is somebody you're asking, and you be careful how you approach and how you ask. And so that's the beginning of what he says. All right, And he's hardly got started yet. Now we will go through uh, the next, every week we'll take one phrase, thy kingdom come, next one thy will be done, and so forth, leading us up through. So through the, I think the intent of Jesus was to teach us how to think about certain things and that will make us pray right. And then if you pray right, he says, ask and you receive. So there's a lot to learn here about praying, approaching God, and then getting an answer to your prayer. And he said it twice. They said, teach us how, here's how. And when he was turning the world upside down with his Sermon on the Mount, he said, by the way, here's how to pray. And he taught the same prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So he says, I'm going to change the way you think. And that's going to help you to pray and get answers. So we hope to open a very great door of opportunity by teaching the Lord's Prayer over the next seven or eight weeks. All right? So that's the beginning of it, only the beginning. We'll continue next week. Thank you.